In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's Gospel is a text of Holy Scripture that has been set apart for today, Trinity Sunday. The conversation, though, between Jesus and Nicodemus does not seem to be suited for the occasion. Not one syllable of the Gospel seems to refer to one God or three persons in the Divine Trinity. But no, instead, it's, it's a conversation. The subject of the conversation is regeneration. Regeneration. The Christian doctrine that a man must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Born again, that he or she might enter the kingdom of God. This conversation does not dwell upon the doctrine of the Trinity, but it does teach a triune God. Well, this festival of the Trinity that we celebrate today, it is a different festival. Other festivals of the church here are commemorations of God's works, God's deeds, like Christmas. Christmas, we celebrate Christ's birth. Easter, we celebrate Christ's resurrection. Pentecost, we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But today is not a festival of a divine deed. Today is a festival of divine doctrine. In fact, it's the only day of the church year in which a doctrine, that is, an overarching teacher of Scripture in which a special day has been set apart. The church has been doing this since very ancient days. But why? Because festivals, feasts, they're meant for rejoicing. Do we rejoice over doctrine? Yes, we certainly do. The Christian doctrine of the Trinity from Holy Scripture, has in fact saved the church more than once. The proclamation of the Trinity in much of history has prevented church disintegration and possible destruction. Even since the third century, highly educated false teachers, false prophets, attempted to destroy the Christian church. Arius was one, you may have heard of an Arian heresy. He denied Christ's divinity. His chief opponent was Athanasius. Out of that conflict arose the Nicene Creed, not the Athanasian Creed. But the creed that we will confess today, the Athanasian Creed, was named after him. Soon after... All three creeds, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed, soon after all three of them were authored, they became universally accepted in the Christian church. These three creeds are the standard of the true Christian faith. And the result is rather simple. We confess these creeds to be 
faithful to Scripture and our Lutheran confessions. The opposing is the opposing result, that is, is rather simple too. If you do not believe in the triune God, you are outside of the Christian church. If you do not believe in the divine Father, the divine Son, and the divine Holy Spirit, then your God is not God. Of any religion in the world that might claim that their God is the same as your God, it is often just not true. As the Lord says to Isaiah, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. Their God is, well, something else. Their God is someone else. But their God, with a little g, is not our God. Just as the conclusion of the Athanasian Creed states, this is the Catholic faith. Whoever does not believe it faithfully and firmly cannot be saved. The Holy Trinity is certainly a great mystery. And it is just as mysterious as regeneration, the, the topic of our gospel. Now we know that faith in the Holy Trinity is necessary for salvation. But so is regeneration. It is necessary for, for salvation. Nicodemus, in our text, came to Jesus by night to have a conversation with him on such divine matters. Nicodemus wanted to know and understand divine mysteries. God's miracles, those signs, to Nicodemus could not be accepted by faith alone. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus declares unto Nicodemus and unto us that man in his natural state cannot enter the kingdom of God. By nature, man is a sinner deserving damnation. Flesh, born of flesh. A sinner by birthright. And as long as man remains in this natural state, God cannot admit him to his kingdom. For God, and by his nature, is perfect holiness. And those two natures cannot coexist in his kingdom. Man, in his natural state from birth, is denied entrance. 
So it is of eternal importance to know this. No matter how good you think you might be in the sight of others, no matter how faultless that you think you lead your life, no matter how strictly you hold to your morals and values, your self-imposed righteousness will never make you acceptable by God. And you were born that way. To be admitted then, to gain entrance into God's kingdom, to find favor with God, to make friends with God, God, whom you so grievously offended by your sins. In order for that to happen, you must be born again. You must undergo a complete and radical change. This is not only a, a change to your outward way of living, to your outward life. This is a change of heart. So that you can begin to think and feel completely different so different from your natural state. It is a change so great, it's called a new birth. It is truly as if your old natural self died and a new person comes forth in the place of your old self to be born again. And yet no human reason can bring about this new spiritual birth. That work is God's alone. Man is born again and made God's child by the water and the Spirit. That's holy baptism. That is God's means of regeneration. Baptism is how regeneration is done. Done by the power of God's Holy Spirit. And baptism, it works forgiveness of sins. It rescues from death and the devil. And baptism gives eternal salvation to all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare. It is a new birth and a new life to go with it, as shown by the indications of those who have undergone God's great work of holy baptism. It indicates that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Repent, therefore, for you have already been born again. The kingdom of God in Jesus Christ is here for you. This new birth, it's a mystery which our reason cannot grasp. We simply cannot fathom it. And Nicodemus was surprised at this. He was amazed. But yet he did not receive a satisfactory explanation. His final words were, how can these things be? Well, in order to know and to understand what regeneration really is, you have to experience this new birth yourself. It's like swimming. If you've never swam before in any waters over your head, but yet you go and you can learn the, the correct exact movements before you jump into the water, 
You can gain all the knowledge of the world and the instruction of swimming before you even get wet. Well, what do you think will happen the first time you jump into the deep water? Can you even know what swimming is? So also, you must experience regeneration yourself, or you'll never really know what it is. And non-Christians, skeptics, can even see this in others, in Christians. Skeptics can see this regeneration. And even they cannot deny a wonderful change in those who are converted from the power of Satan to the power of the living God. But how that change took place is a mystery to us all. How the Holy Spirit of God performs in a sinner the great work of regeneration. No one can solve that mystery in our time in this world. It is as mysterious as the Holy Trinity, as expressed in the Athanasian Creed. The Father is Almighty, the Son Almighty, the Holy Spirit Almighty, and yet there are not three Almighties, but one Almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God, and yet there are not three gods, but one God. Who can comprehend this? Our human reason says that if there are three distinct persons, that then there must be three gods, three almighties. But yet, we must believe according to the scriptures. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So what to make of the Holy Trinity? Well, by calling them persons, we merely mean to distinguish between the three. Anything more than that is simply beyond our thoughts and our understanding. The persons of God, they're not just forms of the one God that took in different ways to reveal himself to us. For we know the Father is not the same as the Son. And the Son and the Holy Spirit are not the same as the Father. The doctrine of the Holy Trinity is full of divine mysteries. And all we can do is put away our thoughts, put away our reason, and exclaim with St. Paul, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. You can see then why we must be regenerated by God in faith. Faith is necessary. It is indispensable for entrance into the kingdom, for our salvation. So, in what manner, then, does your new birth bring you into eternal life? Jesus Christ answers this towards Nicodemus. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, 
the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. In this second part of our gospel, I really want you to notice how Jesus Christ, our Lord, emphasizes faith. Notice how Jesus declares that Nicodemus could not even believe earthly things. Notice what Jesus demands for eternal salvation. It is a simple faith, such as the faith of the Israelites in the wilderness. They were saved from death when, after being bitten by serpents, they simply looked up in faith and looked upon the bronze serpent. And in these days, faith is born out of baptismal waters. So, we are to have faith and also to look up to the cross. This is the lifting up of the Son of Man, and that he must be lifted up. It is necessary for the payment of your sins, which means forgiveness for you. It's necessary for your regeneration, which means forgiveness for you. It is necessary for your salvation, because you have been forgiven for the sake of the lifting up of the Son of Man on Calvary's cross. We should not be surprised that for centuries the church has made the doctrine of the Trinity as the subject of today's festival. And actually, all together in our gospel reading, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are named twice. The doctrine of the Holy Trinity and the Athanasian Creed that we confess are in true strict conformity with Holy Scripture. Did not every one of the three persons of God take part in the great work of your salvation? How can you be saved without faith in God the Father, who has begotten his Son from eternity, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life? How can you be saved without faith in God the Son, who was begotten of the Father in eternity, in the Lord Jesus Christ, who, in obedience to his Father, came into the world, became man, fulfilled for us the whole law of God, and died on the cross for our sins. And just how? How can you be saved without faith in God the Holy Spirit, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and comes to us sinners in word and sacrament? God the Holy Spirit, who raises us from spiritual death. God the Holy Spirit, who brings salvation to our hearts. God the Holy Spirit, who continues his miraculous work in regeneration day by day by day. The Holy Spirit, who kindles the flame of faith in our souls. Faith in the triune God is indispensable for eternal salvation. Do not be deceived by those who would attempt to rob you of this faith. Those who say, 
We all believe in the same God, don't we? Oftentimes, this is not correct. Instead, dear regenerated Christians, heed the words of Paul to Timothy. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. Grace be with you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.